0: All right, well, we are in our last week of Five Years From Now series, and uh, this has been a good one. I have really enjoyed, I've, I've gotten a lot, I've gotten a lot out of this series. This series has been challenging me, and this is a series all on, on the process of sanctification, what that looks like, how, how we are sanctified, right, and, and what, what sanctification is is this concept of growing closer and closer to what it looks like to be like Jesus, right? So one of the things that we are understanding is this, is that this is a time after. It begins with our salvation, our our redemption, and and, and Jesus comes into our lives and and saves us from, from sin, and then there's a process after that of growing more and more. Wouldn't it be nice... In our, in our fast food lazy culture, if we got saved and we were just perfect after that. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be nice? We got saved and I, was, I loved my neighbor like I should. I got saved and I loved my enemy. Wouldn't that be nice? I got saved and uh, all my thoughts were just miraculously clean. Wouldn't that be nice? That's called brainwashing. And we're going to learn today that God doesn't do that to us. He's never been about creating automatons. He's always been about relationship. Okay? So today the, 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 um, the title of today's message is Keep the Tension. Keep the tension. Would you pray with me as we um, ask God to bless the, the reading of his word and the exposition? Lord, thank you so much for your word. I'm so grateful that we had this opportunity to know you in, in a very real and intimate way. God, help us to be a people that is continually trying to emulate what we see you doing throughout Scripture The things that your word tells us are good for us. And Lord, I pray that we would be um, fanatically opposed to the things that you say are not good for us. So God, I just thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that you bless your, your word and the hearer today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So. The big idea for this message is this. Sanctification is both God working in our souls and us yielding our lives to his transforming power. His transforming power. All right. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13. This is Paul writing to the church in Philippi, and he's talking to them about how they ought to live and he's very you know he's very encouraged by the people in philippi not like those in galatia from the study in galatians we're doing on wednesday nights he, he's kind of torqued at them it's like what in the world did happen to you guys what the heck philippi he's kind of actually like yeah you guys are doing pretty good i'm liking the way you guys handle it but he says this therefore verse 12 therefore my dear friends as you have always obeyed that's nice not only in my presence, but how, how now much more in my absence. He says, when I was there, you guys, you guys were on. And even after I left, you guys have excelled since I've been gone. That's a good testimony, right? He says this, continue, continue. Focus on that word for just two seconds. Continue. What does that word say? That The word continue means that there's an ongoing process. It's not something that is a one-and-done deal. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Let's just pause there for a second. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't sound much like what we talk about when it comes to church. When you guys come here, we we often talk about how it's it, Grace is what salvation comes from, right? And it is. Grace is what brings salvation. You cannot do anything. You can't work out anything that, to bring you grace. But once you are saved by grace, it's now time to work out that salvation into every portion of your life. Work out that salvation with fear and trembling. And this is the important, this is where that tension comes in. There's us working it out, but listen to this. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good pleasure. So it's God in you as you work it out. It's God in you as you work it out. You can't work it out any farther than you're willing to let God take you. That's a little confusing. You're not you're not able to work it out any farther than God is able to take you. You can't go, far, you can't go farther than God. You can try, and we're going to get into what that looks like. I need, I need a couple volunteers, and I think they probably should be a family unit. That way, if they get together, they're not going to get infected. Let's, have, let's I need a, maybe a husband and wife team. Come on, you guys are coming up. You're in the front row. Getting, no, get up here. Come on. Come up the stairs. I'm going to have you tire up, Gary. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) What kind of church is this, anyway? (laughs) All right, you stand over here in this part of the uh, rug. You stand there. Okay, Gary, take this end towards the end. And you take that. And I want you to get good tension on there. No, that's not good tension. Pull it tight. As tight as you can get. It's not a jump rope. We could do that. That may be kind of fun. Uh, Okay, so what I want you to do is... Good. While keeping that tension, that same tension. Now you're an engineer. You should know about this, okay? She, Carol, don't mess it up. Um, while keeping a good tension, I want you guys to uh, come together. While keeping full tension on the on the rope. Go ahead. Wow, they've been married a long time. Good job. Excellent. They did a good job. They kept the tension. The the uh, you, you didn't give me this now. You can give it. You're done. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> they didn't let it slack. Did you see that? The tension. It wasn't one pulling the other way, and the other, and then it gets slack, and then it pulls. They they actually did it so well. They destroyed my uh, object lesson. But anyway, um, we want to keep a good tension. It's us and God. It's relationship. The only reason they did that well is because they've been married so long. How many guys have been married? Yeah, I should have had that younger couple come up here. You guys will be all over the place. <laughs> uh, the idea is this. We need to keep a good tension. Let me, let me just go into this a little bit further. Let me dig down deeper. When we overemphasize our behavior in living a Christian life, we can become legalistic. Okay, Legalism. This idea that uh, it's about what we do. We might think sanctification is something we do by willpower or moral behavior okay when we overemphasize our role in sanctification it brings on a element of legalism and there are unfortunately there are a lot of churches out there that that's kind of their thing uh it's it's a lot of self a lot of self in there a lot of you working it out not the second part of that verse where it says that it's god's working in you okay The other side of that tension is that we might only see sanctification as the initial act of salvation, ignoring the process. If we make the latter mistake, what do we get? We might think we have no responsibility to the process of sanctification or that we are passive. So you have one extreme over here where I'm doing, 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 doing. I'm I'm, I'm constantly stressed out because I have to work out my sanctification. And then on the other side over here, you have this tension where where this, I have to, you know, I don't have to do anything. God did everything. And, And Paul runs into both sides of that argument in his writings. The legalist and the hedonist. Okay? And we got to be careful. There's got to be a tension there, and, and, and that's what God wants. What is in that tension? Relationship. Relationship is in that tension. Okay? We see that sanctification is cooperative. In verse 12, it says, We work out our salvation with fear and trembling. However, God works in us to will and to act. In verse 13. For what? What's the, what's the reason for this? For his Good purpose. That's the whole point for his good purpose. He works in us and we work it out. Okay, justification must be followed by experiential aspects of sanctification. Justification, that initial salvation by the word uh, being spoken into our hearts, the Holy Spirit convicting us of sin and us believing, putting our faith in Jesus Christ as our Redeemer, Savior, Lord. That justification must be followed by the experiential aspect of sanctification. Romans fifteen sixteen says this. He gave me a priestly, du- a priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God. This is Paul. So that the Gentiles may become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Spirit. Now today I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. The sanctification process, the sanctifying process, is worked in us and through us by the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is not an it you know you can't get it. You know it's a it's a it's a person. Okay, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's the third person in the Trinity. Now, if you want to get into Trinity, Trinity doctrine, we'll be here all day and night and year. And I mean, that's a, that's a that's a great sermon for another time. But we are we're not talking about a. A uh, a, um, a mystical power or a cosmic force like Star Wars. We're talking about a person of the Godhead. Okay, I think it's very important that we don't talk about the Holy Spirit as if it's something other than like God and Jesus. Like God is a person, Jesus is a person, but the Holy Spirit is some kind of weird thing that we don't we don't quite get. Holy Spirit is the, is the second, is the third person of the Trinity. Person, person, person. Just keep that in mind. I'm not going to talk about that much more. I just want you to f- frame him in that light because we're talking about relationship. You can't have a relationship with an inanimate object. You can't have a relationship with a thing. Okay? I know some people uh, who have fur babies. You guys, anybody have a fur baby here? You, I love you. People who have fur babies drive me crazy. Fur babies, animal babies. How many people have a pet? How many people call them their fur baby? Put your hands down, every single one of you. uh, I, I respect people. I just don't understand all people. The cool thing about pets is that there is an element of a relationship there. It's very based on need and uh, all these types of things, but there is a relationship. It's, it's nice, you can have relationships, but it's not the same as having a relationship with it. It shouldn't be. Let's put it that way. Uh, it, it's not the same. We can't have relationships with things that aren't relational. Does that make sense? So, like, I want, I want, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, I want you to, I want you to have that in the back of your mind, in the framework of what we're talking about. Okay the sanctifying process is worked in us and through us by him, 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 not it, okay? God's spirit indwells us through the process of sanctification, changing our hearts and minds to reflect Christ. Now, there's a very interesting and very important distinction to be made when it comes to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an indwelling Spirit, not a possessing spirit, okay? When we talk about malevolent uh, spirits that possess people, now there's a spiritual realm out there, folks. I'm telling you, the more you uh, deny it, the more scared I am for you because what the the enemy wants us to do is to, to, uh, to blind us to his realities in the world, and that way he wins. Because we don't recognize that there's a spiritual realm out there with evil and good. We got we're, we're we're putting a target on our back. But when we talk about possessing spirits, we talk about these things that 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 make us do. When we talk about that story and, and Jesus came to across the the the, the sea to the Gedassaret, and he came, and there's this man comes running out of the tombs and meets Jesus. And this man is completely consumed, possessed by these spirits, evil spirits. He has no control over what he's doing. In fact, he can't even talk. The only thing that's talking is these spirits through him. That's scary and that's sad. Okay? We've got to be careful that we don't put the Holy Spirit in that same realm. And sometimes we'd prefer that. When I said earlier, how many people would love... That if we were completely sanctified at salvation, we would all just say and do and, 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 and be the right thing. Everybody's like, yeah, that would be kind of nice. That would be a possession. That's not what God, God has never wanted that. He didn't create us for that. He could have made a bunch of automatons that he pro- he programmed to say, I love, you, I love 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 you. It's not real unless there's a choice to love him back. It's not love. It's called captivity. Even gilded bars are prisons. So we have this indwelling spirit. He works in. He works through. He, 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 he brings wisdom to our hearts and minds through the word of God and he helps us empowers us to do but he doesn't force us the holy spirit has always been a gentleman we he works in communion with our personal will this process of sanctification is not abstract or magical but comes from growing closer in our relationship to God. We talked about it last week. You can't get to know somebody without spending time with them. My wife and I just hit 20 year anniversary this past week. Clap for her. She had to deal with me for 20 years. 20 years. And somebody asked me the other day, "You now hit 20 years, what's what's the secret of a good marriage?" And I said, I don't know, ask my dad. No. You guys got to lighten up a little bit. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Jeez, it's okay to laugh at church. He's like, well, you're not funny. So, uh, and I thought about it for a few seconds. And the an- only answer that came to my mind at that point was to expect and be ready for relational lulls. Relational lulls. And they asked me, what do you mean by that? I said, you have this relationship. And at times, it's just popping. It's awesome. It's great. It's it's, it's easy to keep the tension, that relationship. It's easy to keep it. And then unexplicably, I can't say the word. I unexplicably, can't say unexplicably. inexplicably Inexplicable. thank you that's why you're here Deb excuse <laughs> me on there's a lull in the relationship it may be external maybe external forces it may be those things that come into your life that we affectionately call children <laughs> You know, they're great, they put a strain onto your relationships sometimes. And there's lulls. And what happens, I believe, is that we don't expect them to come. We don't, we don't expect them to be there. That marriage is supposed to be, you know, this great thing, that's what I was promised. That's what every fairy tale told me. You ever look at fairy tales a little closer? They're kind of sick. Most of the time, there's some kind of parental death and then, like, some captivity. And then it's just weird. I mean, we love, we love these things, but they're, they're kind of sick. Anyway, um, what I believe happens, especially in our, our Western culture, because we are so about our emotions and how we feel, is that when that lull comes, instead of working to regain that tension, we go somewhere else to find what we aren't getting in our relationships. It may, be, it, it may not even be uh, immoral. It may just be distracting. You know, maybe we, are, we go out and we play, play basketball with the guys too much, leave, leave our wives at home. Maybe we, um, I don't know what girls do. Go shopping. There you go. That's, a stero- that's very stereotypical. Anyway, uh, girls shop. Whatever. Or maybe we get into a relationship that is starting to be more exciting than what we have at home. And I think that's where we get this statement of we've fallen out of love. It's not that that relationship has broken. It's just that we found something more exciting, and we haven't worked to keep that tension. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Same thing with our relationship with God. I don't know if I'm the only one who's ever had a cold time in my relationship with God. It's just not it's not firing like it used to. So I could go find you know something else to fill my time or I could work on the relation. I could work at this I could w- work to rebuild that, that good tension in that relationship. All right, I'm gonna do a youth group thing with you real quick. Chris is here today, so I'll appreciate that. All right. Ah, masks. (laughs) They're everywhere. I have them all over the place. All right, we have a glass here, nice cold glass, and some milk and some chocolate. Is there a spoon in here, honey? <gasps> Go get me a spoon. That's kind of the whole thing. All right, so we're going to crack open this milk. How many people like milk? Lincoln's like, yeah, this kid could survive on milk. And actually, he actually does. He doesn't eat anything else. He's basically a calf. All right, so we have this glass of milk, and we have chocolate. Pouring the chocolate into the milk, we see that we have milk, we have chocolate in milk. But it's not chocolate milk. I think one of the important things we need to understand is that when we have the Holy Spirit, when we get saved... God pours his Holy Spirit into us. He does his job. He does his part. And he pours his Holy Spirit into us. And uh, I think it's important for us to understand that that happens right at the beginning. Thank you, Vanna. See, she's had to deal with me for 20 years. But it's not chocolate milk yet. It's not all that it could be. It's not that... Delicious. I love a good cold glass of chocolate milk. Love it. So what has to happen is that we need to intentionally stir up the spirit. Until it becomes absolutely... Well, there's still some chocolate at the bottom, but I'm not going to continue to stir it in front of you. But they become completely intermingled. Now, interesting thing about chocolate milk is that if you let that chocolate milk sit without consuming it when it's nice and cold. That chocolate will settle to the bottom again. Did you know that? It will separate from the milk. It will sit. settle to the bottom. And then you'll have to, if, you, if you're really weird and you like warm chocolate milk, you'll have to stir it back up again. To reinvigorate that chocolate, because man, I just can't help it. Awesome. When it's stirred and it's not in my mustache, it's delicious. It's everything you want it to be. Listen, folks, we need to work to keep that to keep that 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 Holy Spirit stirred up in our lives. That's what it's talking about. Work out your salvation. Stir up. Continue to keep that tension in your life. Don't let it go dormant. Don't let, the, don't let it get sedentary where the, where the Holy Spirit is just somewhere down deep. And it's not, it's not intermingled with you. Uh, when, 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 uh, when Jesus was leaving to, to go back to heaven, he, did, he breathed on his disciples. And he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. That's cool. Nothing happened. Nothing happened at that moment. You would think that something would happen. Jesus breathes on you says, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus did his part. He gave it. You know what happened later on, on the day of Pentecost? They were, they were playing cards. Some of them over there on the side watching soap operas. They were just hanging out, and the Holy Spirit fell on them, stirred them all up. Is that what happened? No. What were they doing? They were praying. They were seeking God. They were, they were after what God had already put in them. They were stirring up the Spirit that was given by God. He did his job, and now they are, they're, they're, they're seeking after God with all of their heart. And what happened? The Holy Spirit descended upon them and stirred them up. Gave them strength and power beyond their own personal abilities. We're lazy as Christians. We wanna we we want everything that God has to offer, but we want to do any work for it. The hardest thing to get people to sign up for are prayer meetings. Right, Chris? Tough, right, man? Man, it's so hard to get people to come out to a prayer meeting. Well, it's uncomfortable. I don't like to pray in public. I don't care. Come pray quietly. Why well, do people pray in public? If we want everything, all the glorious goodness that God, that the Holy Spirit has in us to be invigorated, we need to stir it up. So many people ask me, uh, how do I speak in tongues? I don't know. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I don't even know if you asked the disciples at the time, they would say, okay, you know, one plus one equals two. No. They weren't seeking an ability. They weren't seeking the ability to speak in tongues. What were they seeking? They were seeking after God. They wanted more of him. They were stirring up what he'd already put into them. And then God stirred them up in a supernatural way. That's why you will never see this guy up here encouraging people to speak in tongues by some kind of a ritual of some kind. I will always tell you, seek after everything that God has put in you. Go deeper. Go Push your relationship with God to the end. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after signs. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You get me? We need to be careful. We want quick fixes. We want the Nestle quick, not the Hershey. That makes no sense. Don't. don't no. We, can we remove that from the... No. Uh, we are so fast food in our culture. We're so fast food. We want everything that God promises that has put into us without having to do any stirring. I want to take a couple moments here Sadie's just going to play a little bit in the background. And I want you to just focus on yourself. You can just focus and you can close your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes. There's going to be no altar calls because altar calls are hard to social distance. But I want you to make an altar right in your seat right now. And just focus in. How is your relationship with With his Holy Spirit. He's already in you. If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. He's already there. But maybe the relationship has grown grown cold. Maybe the tension has gone out of that relationship between you working out your salvation and God working in you. Where are you today? Is God calling you to a deeper place? Maybe he's drawing you back to a place that you used to be. Where it wasn't about how you feel. It was more about the reality of the relationship. The commitment that you made. There are sometimes in a marriage relationship where you have to actually literally stand on your vows because you're just not feeling it. And that's the same way in our relationship with God sometimes. Sometimes you need to stand on your vow that he is your Lord and your Savior and you are going to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And I guarantee you, he who began a good work in you We'll be faithful to complete it. That's what he says. So I'm not talking about legalism today. I'm not saying pull yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out. I'm saying return to your first love. Don't let the world distract you. So I want to pray for you. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity we have to experience your love. That you did the whole thing. You gave us your Holy Spirit. You saved us. You redeemed us. You justified us. And Lord, you want to work in and through us. But relationships are tough, Lord. And circumstances And the cares of this life often vie for our time, our attention, and our allegiance. But Lord, I pray that we would not allow those things to to remove our hearts from the proper place they should be pointed towards you. And God, I just thank you that you gently and carefully correct us, that you love us enough to remind us of your love, and you ask us to work out our sanctification in fear and in trembling. So I don't know where my brothers and sisters are today, but I know you've began a good work in them, and you want them to stir up all that goodness that you've poured into their lives so they may be about not only the work, of the kingdom, but the relationship they have with you first and foremost. So Lord, we thank you for this opportunity we have today to be here. I pray that you a blessing over my brothers and sisters as we go into our week this week. Encourage us by your spirit. Stir up that wonderful, wonderful goodness inside of us. Help us to be everything that you've called us to be to our families, to our neighbors, to our work, uh, uh, co-workers, to the family of God. Lord, never, ever, ever stop working on us. We ask you to to, uh, be with us today and put it into practice when the rubber hits the road on Monday mornings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Remember? I encourage you to fellowship, to have time with one another. Just stick those masks on for me, will you? All right, God bless you. Have a great week.